Hey, hey, what is going on, people? It is Keaton. What's up, folks? Bringing you the word. Episode 5. What's going on? I am super, super, super pumped to be here today. This is a big day. It's going to be our best show. The word is all about bringing you mad sales wisdom, and today makes it no different. I'm here with my girl, Kiki. Kiki B, how you doing, girl? I'm doing great, Jim. I'm so excited for our guest today and just to get the conversation going. It's going to be a great one. This is going to be a great one. And in the spirit of today's show, I've got some new, dope, bright, bright pink beats, and we're giving those away at the end of the show with a little Keenan scribe on them. How do, they, how do folks win those? Well, first of all, they look great with your boa, but the way, the way that people are going to win those is uh, hop on Twitter. You're going to hashtag sales jolt, and um, pretty much every person that tweets us with the hashtag sales jolt has a chance to win those beats. Uh, we're going to do a drawing at the very end of the show and live uh, stream that through Meerkat. And so everyone's going to be there and see who wins. Awesome. That's going to be tight. And no, nobody gets my boa. I ski in this in the summertime. So no, I am not raffling this baby off. This is all mine. Right? So, all right, guys, what's the show about today? Today's show is about women in sales. And coincidentally enough, today is Take Your Kids to Work Day. So for many of you who know, I have three daughters. And you get to meet two of them right now. Ladies? This is Ava. Say hi, Ava. Hi. And this is L. Say hi, L. Hi. They're, they're, they're sporting the sick, dope ASG gear. We like that. Um, my oldest is with their mother on, on her Join Your Child work day. So the reason this is a big deal to me is I had three daughters, and it made me realize I have biases. I have women biases. I have all kinds of biases, but by having three daughters, I became really aware of the fact of what my biases were towards women, and it was the it was the uh, the the drive to want to do this show to bring those biases forward and help us solve those biases, talk about those biases, and address them in a way that we can make a difference. So, guys, can you say hello to everybody? Hi. And thank you for coming on. Give me love. Awesome. Give me love. All right. So, look here. Here is what it's about. It's about biases. We all have them, and we're going to talk about that. And they affect women in the workplace. They affect women's perceptions, and we're going to break all that down. So I am super, super excited. But it's not just me, and it's not just the people on this, on this panel, but it's also society. And we wanted to find out. Kiki, what did we do? Well, what we did is we, uh, we hit the streets. And we went out into the streets of Denver pretty much on a lunch hour, asked as many people as we could flag down uh, to see what does it mean to you to sell like a girl. And we got some pretty interesting responses. Well, let's see what, let's see what we got. See what they right. have to say. What's the, what's, the, what's the word on the street? What does it mean to you to sell like a girl? Um, I think that they use flirtation in their sale more than guys. And that would be to sell like a girl. What does it mean to sell like a girl? If <laughs> 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 told you that you sold sunglasses like a girl, would you say that was a good thing or a bad thing
uh, to be really nice and sweet. Does it mean that you're more successful or less? Less, for sure. And who do you think sells better, men or women? Um, I think, well, confidence is a key factor, but women do often sell better because they often give personal experiences and can upsell a lot better, in my uh, professional opinion. Um, so they can get that, that personal connection with the person, I think, helps them to Girls kind of hold your hand in the sales process. Attractive with women definitely don't hurt. Um, and, and, and you can say no, really. To, uh, someone who's uh, persuasive and maybe even kindly manipulative. Um, no, I think my daughter would make a very good salesman, so I suppose that sales lady, sales girl, so I suppose that means to sell very well. It might be towards my male counterpart, but. Probably not, but at least, you know, I'm, I'm poking it and I've, you know, come this far all of my own. All right, people, if you have opinions about that video, I want you to share them. Use the hashtag salesjolt and hashtag like a girl and tell us what you think about that video. Tell us your thoughts. Guys, remember, this is a full on freestyle uh, chat. So we want to see your thoughts. We want you guys tweeting it up and sharing it and telling us what you think and getting your two cents in. This was a, I thought this was a really powerful exper experiment. Kiki, what'd you think? I thought it was very interesting. Um, a little expected. I, I did come from a role in sales and financial services. So you see things firsthand. Um, you know, some people, I guess did flirt, would put a picture in their signature, um, just little little touches to, to point out that they're an attractive female. So I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's a interesting world out there for girls. All right, well good. To talk about this more, I want to introduce Lori Richardson or Score More Sales on a, on Twitter. Lori is or runs the uh, Women's Sales Pros. Uh, group organization and their whole mission is to help increase the exposure and opportunities for women in sales. So Lori, what's up sister? Uh oh, you're on mute. Uh oh. I think we might be having some lag issues. Lori's good too. Lori's really good. <sighs> It's off. Lori? Yep. Hey. All right. Hey. Good to see Welcome, you. sister. Welcome. You too. Thank you. you too. Here. So what do you think of the vid? I think it's it's an interesting topic, and I think that I, I really am 
thrilled that you brought it up and I noticed that not a lot of people have these kinds of conversations. You and I have talked about that before. So anything we can do to talk about differences and how we can all work together I think is fantastic. So what was your takeaway when you listen to these random people on the street? What was your immediate feeling or takeaway? Uh, I think that in general sales has a tough stereotype still and people think they still think of that car sales guy, the used car sales guy in a lot of cases and so I think that all everything we can do to help change the image of who sales professionals are including some phenomenal female sales professionals is really good for our industry and sales is a profession you just you don't find too many people getting degrees in it and, and I think that's part of the issue yet how many people go into sales after college uh, it's a huge number so one of the things I noticed was in almost all of the answers there was some reference to to women being nice or more caring or using some sort of sexual overtones whether it's beauty or something like that what are your thoughts on that? Is that accurate and it should it be something that's embraced or it should be something that we sort of say no it's not okay? Well first I'll give you a little background on me. I work mostly in technology sales. It's mostly a male oriented environment and my perceptions over the last number of years might be different than uh, other people but what I see is that there's some confusion over what what it means to be uh, a woman in sales. For example, when, when someone said nice, I hear that sometimes from a male sales manager who thinks that their sales rep, their female sales rep is too nice to close business. And what I tell them, um, the same way I think of when I hear about nice on, on your interview, is that being nice and closing business has nothing to do with each other. So it, it's a, a style more than anything else. And, and I think that there are a lot of great styles of professional salespeople that close a lot of business. And it's good to understand what those styles are about. That's interesting. I like that. It's styles. So do you think there's a distinct style? I didn't catch the do end of that. I'm sorry? I didn't catch the end. A distinct style for what? For men or women, or, no. or there's no okay. Talk about that. I just think we're we're individuals, and I, I know some I know male sales reps who are the most disorganized, crazy, top salespeople, and I know you know just all sorts of different types of people that excel, and it's because of their sales DNA. It's what what makes them successful. But it was it isn't any one attitude or approach. All right, all right. So with that said, tell me, last question, tell me what it is women sales pros are doing. How should they get in touch with you guys? And what is your key mission or goal at the end of the day? Absolutely. And thank you again for having us on here. Women sales pros, it's womensalespros.com. We are a location where you can find some of the top women sales experts in the world. 
we are there to shine a light on the fact that there are some great women who are speakers, authors, trainers, consultants, coaches, bloggers, and we also share tips and ideas to help people sell better. So we're at Women Sales Pros on Twitter, WomenSalesPros.com online, and we encourage uh, conversation. Thanks again for having us. Oh, absolutely, sister. For those of you who don't know, Lori is one of my favorite people. She cuts her hair every year or two to raise money for cancer. I absolutely love it. She is the bomb. So you guys, if you're not following her, follow her. She's got a heart as big as this pink boa. I mean, she's tight. So Lori, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I believe a lot of the women sales pros are watching, correct? I believe so, yeah. All right, ladies, holla. Thank you for watching, ladies. Um, if you're not following me on Twitter, follow me. I want to follow you back. I want to know who you are. I know many of you. Those I don't, give me a shout out. Thanks, Lori. Thank you. Kiki, 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 we are rolling. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling great. I'm excited. I think she brought up some really good points. I love that style comment, um, being too nice. That's what I've been thinking. I've been thinking about this over the past two weeks, and I think women who have a desire to learn and passion and they know the steps that it takes to get the technical details down. Being nice and being attractive is just icing on the cake and I think it's an advantage. Interesting, interesting. So you suggest that there are differences that we want to highlight, that mm -hmm. we shouldn't make men and women the same, that there are some uniquenesses to women that we should accept, highlight, and embrace as being part of different than men, yes? I th yeah, and I, th I think it depends on the woman. I, I think that you're going to be most successful when you're being yourself and you're confident in your own skin and comfortable there. So if you feel better in heels and a nice dress, which I personally do, go for it. Okay. All right, interesting. So what I... During Keenan rant, which is where I usually go off on something and, and blow it up, I'm gonna I'm gonna tone it down a bit today because I think this is super serious, and it's it's an extension of what I started the show off with. I don't believe sexism is a problem. Are there sexists? Yeah, unequivocal. Are there just jerks out there who think women are less than men? Absolutely. But I don't think they're the majority. I think the minority. Same thing is with racists. I'm a brother. I get it. Do I think most of the country is racist? No. Do I think there are some? Yes, I ignore them. They don't have enough impact. Same thing with homophobia. I think there's a little larger, but oh no. I think the, the sexist, racist, all the ists out there, they're the minority. Kick them to the curb, pound sand. They don't really make a difference, just a lot of noise. What I think is important for us to recognize is bias. Bias is real. Bias isn't going away. You can't eradicate it. It is part of our human nature. So to go around trying to think we can eradicate bias isn't going to help us. What we need to do is we need to accept and recognize our biases. We need to become aware of our biases so we can handle them and we can react and engage differently based on those biases. That's what I think the next step in this is, and that's why I want to do this show, and that's why I wanted to bring on Jill and Teresa to help us understand what those biases are and help us all, men and women alike, to challenge themselves to ask, what is the bias I come into this situation with? So with that, I'm going to spend less time ranting today and more time introducing and getting these, these 
tight-ass ladies on this show. All right, so first, the author of Snap Selling and Agile Selling, Jill Conrad. Jill is unequivocally the bomb. I met her online, then I met her in person. Then she, she almost accidentally gave me my brand because she said, you're always wearing plaid shirts, Keenan. And I said, well, I kind of am. So then I just kept wearing them whenever I went out in public. So Jill has a role in that. She speaks all over the country. She has phenomenal insight in how to make salespeople success, successful. Her fresh approaches to sales are must-reads, must-learns, must-follow. So Jill is one. Love Jill to death. Also, author of The Balance Myth. I love this title. It's a brilliant book. It's Teresa Taylor. Teresa developed her career and moved up uh, through Quest and became the chief revenue officer where I met her when I was vice president of service providers at Avaya and was blown away by her approachability, her smarts, her genius, and I just really enjoyed her. And then she moved up to COO of Quest, which is no small task. So I am super excited to introduce these two highly accomplished women who have a thing or two to share with everybody about how and what it's like to be a woman in today's workplace. Thank you know, what are you going to do with those books? Oh, yes. Thank you. See, keep, you keep, me, keep me real. We're giving them away. So we're giving all the books away. And the way we're giving them away is follow the hashtag, win a book, and then sales jolt. And we're going to be asking questions. And the first person to each answer the questions gets a book sent to them for free. And Teresa was nice enough to autograph it. Holla. So ladies, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Absolutely. So what do you guys think? Of, let's just jump right in, right? What did you guys think of that video? Jill, I'll let you go. Go ahead, Jill. Jill, you're on mute. Oh, yeah. All right, I'll fill in while Jill's working on that. Um, so, so here's what I thought about it. I thought it was absolutely right on. Um, it was interesting that people thought it was inferior to be a woman salesperson. That probably wasn't a good thing. Even the guy who said, well, I don't know if I want my daughter to do that. You know, that would not be so great. Um, the sexual overtone, I thought was interesting. The first guy said, well, they usually flirt too much. They usually, you know, smile and dress nice. And I got to tell you, that really pissed me off because I don't think that's necessarily true. Um, so I just, I took your advice, Jim, and I threw that guy out, you know, and said, I don't want to listen to that anymore. Um, but I think it was real. I mean, the point was that was real, right? It was noon. You know, you were out in the office area and that's what people were saying and, and um, that's what we're why we're having this session and many others to try to uh, change that perception. Yeah. Jill, what do you think? Can you, can you hear me now? Yes, First we one. can. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad I've been unmuted. I don't do well not having a voice. Um, <laughs> what do I think? I think that a lot of people's perception are really based on B2C type of situations where they encounter uh, people in the workplace, like at the stores, or when they see the, they go to conferences and they see the beautiful girls out there flirting, trying to get people into the trade shows. I think people use women uh, to bring them in. I don't think that we talked about the context of B2B salespeople who are highly professional and uh, don't fit that stereotype that, for the most part, was described. And I have to tell you, one of the ladies, or one of the people said that they're nice and sweet, and I and I have never, ever in my whole life been described as nice and sweet. So it may not be accurate. <laughs> I describe you as a badass. So, I mean, you know, that's how I look at it. <laughs> um, 
so, so guys, where do you think these, per- let me rephrase it, how do you think these perceptions are affecting women's perception of self in the work, in selling, and then the external perception of women in selling? Jill, you go first. Well, I think the hardest thing for women is to even see themselves in a sales position because they don't have that many role models out there. And if you take a look at, at who is, you know, who they see, they see guys. And so they don't see themselves. I mean, I didn't even know what a sales job was when I went into it. It was totally beyond my comprehension. Nobody I knew was in sales. And if you can't see anybody who's like you doing that, if you don't have any uh, frame of reference, you you don't go into a profession. You you just plain don't go into it because you don't see yourself being there. So I think that's the number one thing that's that people are really struggling with uh, from entry into the profession. If you have no visible role models, it's not even conceivable for you. That is a great point. That's a great point. And before I jump to you, Teresa, I want to share something. Uh, have either of you or anybody here seen the movie Misrepresentation? Yeah. Yep. Yes. It, it, if you haven't seen it, Jill, you've got to see it. And one of the things that just blew me away is speaking to what you are speaking about. When asked seven- and eight-year-old children how many want to be president when they grow up, the same number of boys and girls say they want to be president. When asked again at 13 and 14, the number of women drops drastically to like less than 10% of the men or the boys. So something is happening to our women between, you know, six, seven, eight, and nine, and when they become young, you know, pubescent, young, something's happening. And I think the mentor and modeling thing could be, be exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, the role model is is exactly the point. I think society has created these images of what women should do, where they should be, what kind of jobs they should be in. And like Jill said, if you don't have someone that you can look at that is successful and that you admire, you're not going to do it. And my whole deal with the sales is we need more women to get into sales and then stay into sales. So another interesting you know, thing to pursue here is why don't they stay in it? I mean, a lot of young women enter the field and then exit, you know, at some point there. And I happen to think it's because they, they struggle with this balance issue and they say, I can't do it. I can't travel. I can't be on the road. I can't do the evening dinners. I can't entertain clients on the weekend. And that is not necessarily what sales is all about. I mean, that's a piece of it, but I think there's a way to, to put that into perspective. So you need a role model and society needs to help with creating images and role models that allow women to say, that's a cool field. I mean, all the women that I know that are in sales are making a lot of money and are very successful. I have hired more women than men into positions. And I think I, my own personal experience is that saleswomen are better. They carry, generally speaking, less ego. And I think it allows them to be more empathetic and understand the client's needs. Where I think men have a little more of a, you know, to be clean about it, have a little sword fighting going on, and it gets in the way. So, um, with, so I, whose responsibility do you think it is to do? You know what? I want to back up. We talked a little in preparation this on this meeting about perceptions, society's yeah. perceptions, and and women's perceptions. Jill, why don't you tackle society's perceptions of women in sales and what you think and how we fix that, and then I'll go to you, Teresa, and you can talk about women's perceptions of self. Or if you want to do a little bit of both, it's up to you guys. Well, I, I want to tackle something you just said, Keenan, um, because I think I think that this is an important issue. When you said that, that guys are kind of going at it and and um, and doing things, there's some research that I read years ago that studied children um, at the age of three or four, 
and they studied how boys interacted with each other and how girls interacted with each other. And they found that when little boys would be together, and again, this is in a preschool environment, so this is telling you about some differences that are there. But one little boy would say, my daddy's big. And what would the other little boy respond with, Keenan? My daddy's bigger. My daddy's bigger. Exactly. Yeah. We just got a big truck. And yes. then the little boy would say, we have a bigger truck. You know, I mean, the, the whole thing with the boys that is showing up in the preschool environment is, is the escalation. I'm bigger, better, stronger. So there is that competition that is built in. Uh, at a very young age, and whether it's innate or whether it's a socialized thing, I don't know. I can't speak to that, but I do know it's there early on. When you take a look at little girls that age, and and a little girl will say, my daddy's really big, and you know what the other girl responds? Really? My daddy's big too. <laughs> the same, the same. My daddy's bigger, but my daddy's big too. And so they're actually pulling together and creating a bond. Now, that difference pulls itself through the entire sales process. So we tend to think that salespeople have to be competitive and they need to, you know, be wanting to win all the time. That's a very male-defined model of what makes somebody successful in sales. And yet I'm sure Teresa will find too that women can be competitive. They just can do it in very different ways. And they're very good at establishing the connections and the relationships they need to start you know, start conversations with clients and certainly to grow existing clients and to spread out in those accounts. So those are some of the differences that are there that women can capitalize on that give them extraordinary strengths. Yeah, That's I would point. ask I think the number one thing that women are missing in lots of fields in this one particular is confidence. Is the ability, you know, for them to get out there. I mean, sales is hard, right? Every day you go out and you, you get no most of the time, and you get yes once in a while. So you have to have a strong, you know, thick personality to, to just keep going and going and going. And that's hard. I mean, this, this role in particular is really hard. But confidence, I think, is what women are generally lacking. And my goal, and I think Jill's is too, is to help them to give more confidence, feel strong, and say, I can go out there, I can get it done, and, and just keep, you know, beating at it every single day. For success, for that, for that win. I was at a client site just yes Tuesday, Tuesday, and we were going through reviews, and I was sitting in on the performance reviews. And one of the newer reps, newer than like she's her first year, first full year, uh, the, the my client asked her, said, "Well, what do you, where do you want to be?" And her answer was, "I want to be Tom, not his real name. He was the number one rep." And uh, both myself and my client love this girl. We think she's fantastic. We think she has the, the ability to be the best. And we said, great. That's a great aspiration. And I asked her, I said, well, why don't you think you're as good as him now? And mm -hmm. she came up with, like, I, I don't have this confidence. I don't have this. I said, push that aside. Tell me the specific sales skills that you're lacking. Tell me the, the concrete things. And she couldn't. It all came down to confidence. She yeah. just didn't believe she was good as he was. But when I pushed her to, to find a gap that she could work on, she couldn't find one. Yep. She was basically just pushing herself down. Yeah. The best mentor she could have, the best sales mentor she could have right now is someone who says, you can do it, you can do it, you're doing it, just keep doing it, do it, do it, do it. You know, And, and uh, just have that constant uh, reinforcement wherever that comes from in her life, whether it's at her office or at her home or, or uh, through her family. I think so how about, speaking of mentors, I think one of the best types of mentors for people to to um, grab onto is what's called a near peer mentor, somebody who's not too far above them, so that they can 
uh, grow into that person. So if you're a young saleswoman or a medium saleswoman, you've been in your career a while and you aspire to something else, rather than taking a look at the top person in the company, it, where the delta is so big, like you're here and they're way up here, that, that sometimes is extraordinarily intimidating to anybody. You know, it's like, oh my God, I could never be like Tom. You know, he's so good. But if you can take a look at somebody who's here, you can see yourself being there. And one of the things that I did, and I didn't realize that this near-peer philosophy uh, was, you know, was something that was working, but when I actually was in my career, I always took a look at somebody who was within a year of me in my career. They were just above me. They had achieved more than me. And I saw that as a way to, if, if Lowell could do it, I could do it. If Patty could do it, I could do it. If Beth could do it, I could do it. They weren't so different. So having a near-peer mentor makes a difference. And by the way, I'd like to say that the, the people that I chose never, ever knew that I was watching them. It was all just my own thing. They were not mentoring me. But I was watching everything they did and learning from them and reaching, reaching and aspiring to where they were at. And then as soon as I got to where they were at, boom, I raised my goals to the next near peer. And Jill, once you agree that sometimes you also watch the bad behavior and say that's not that's what I'm not going to do. So I feel like over the years I learned just as much from the negative side as I did the positive and ended up forming myself. Yeah. You know, yeah. you guys are describing something that I've given a name, and, and if, if it's not my name, I don't know who to give it credit to. But what I, what I call it is, is um, mentor permission. And what it means is we watch other people that we admire or respect, and when they do something, it's giving us permission to do it. That's true. Right? Mm -hmm. And so when we don't, when we, when, if we don't find people to watch and, or don't have people to look at, we may be at a crossroads, and we don't feel we have permission to do that. And so we don't. And when we see someone who's done it before us so or someone who's gone there ahead of us, there's a sense of permission we're granted. What? Like you just said, Jill, oh, she did that. Well, okay, I could do that too. I, I, I've been given permission by this person. And I think that's pretty powerful. Yeah. And so the question I think, Jim, is how do you expose women sales people to more women salespeople in particular, or men, but you know, I think we're talking about women today. So how do you expose them to more groups um, that they have those models and those things that they can watch and, and see what's going on, which I think is about networking, about you know circles of influence, and, and one, many ways that they can get together with people that are like themselves. At Women Sales Pros, hint, hint, yeah. Laurie, there you go, that's for you. You kind of touched on something. I'm going to pull you back because I want to stir this up a little. I don't agree that this show should be about women. I wish I knew how many men were watching right now. But yeah. I, I think this is this is a, a, yes, women need, need to do what they need to do, and I want to ask you what they think they need to do in a second. But I want to know what should men be doing? What is men's role, if it one at all? What should men be doing for this in this situation? Well, so I think it's it's what we've been talking about. It's mentoring. It's coaching. It's it's um, you know managing the confidence. Um, I mean, really, if I look at my all my mentors in my life that were men, all they ever did was give me confidence. They didn't give me the secret formula, the secret sauce nothing special, they just gave me the confidence. And so I think it's the support and the mentoring is what men can do to help women in these roles. Jill, what about you? What do you think? Um, I think men, if they would just realize that there are multiple routes to success and, and, and having 
um, they, they have a perception of the, the male route to success. And we, we're hiring a confident salesperson who's going to, you know, go out there and pound the phones and make the calls and, you know, and, and, and uh, pitch our stuff. I mean, that's the vision of what success is. And it probably isn't right for guys either. I mean, there's a huge amount of turnover in sales, and, and especially in the SMB market, but because they don't know what really works. And so perhaps opening your eyes that there may be different ways to be successful, they have to see women in sales too. I mean, that's one of the reasons I choose to be really visible out there in this community is because men need to know that women can be successful too. We may do it slightly differently. We don't do it necessarily in their venue, but we, we bring some extraordinary skills to the position that are different from the guys because of how we were raised. And, and like I already mentioned, we are much better at this than the boys doing this. I mean, we, we're, we're really good connectors. That has to do with networking. It has to do with establishing relationships. It has to do with working within a big account. So if we can see that some of the things that we bring to the table are, are assets and can be leveraged, and then I think the men need to know that women do have a confidence gap and that they will need to do, as Teresa said, continually give people confidence as opposed to saying and getting panicky themselves and saying, oh my God, she doesn't think she can do it. Maybe we made a mistake in hiring her. You know, and then they start withdrawing support and looking for other people who uh, they can hire like in their own image. I like that. I like both of those answers. And, and, and I'm going to go a step further. And because I'm a dude, I can get away with this. And a guy's got a problem with it bring it, and it'll be sad when he gets beat down by a guy in a boa. Before they can accomplish all that you guys have just said, men have to accept that there is a problem. They have to be open to recognizing that there are biases that don't get women on the panels, that don't have them looking for the differences. There's a lack of awareness that there are challenges. There's a lack of awareness and acceptance of the problem not to pull an AA out, but nothing's going to happen until we accept it. And I think too many times people say, oh, there's not a problem. Women just need to do this, just need that. It's not a problem. No, there is a problem, people. There is. And until we can accept that and open up and embrace it, I don't know that we're going to get to that next layer that you just described. That's fair. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's something I've been on, uh, as you know, Keenan, I've been on a, a little bit of a tear on that in the last seven years is trying to get more women speaking at conferences encouraging women uh, sales experts to get out there and become more visible because I don't think the people in my position who are who are just as good if not better than a lot of, you know than the guys out there they they say well I don't need to I don't need that you know or they don't need the visibility or want the visibility as much as guys and so they don't aspire to it nor do the people who organize conferences even think about it I mean they're totally clueless to the fact that they may put on a conference and they may have 20 speakers at the conference and 19 of them are men and one is a woman who's on a panel. I mean, they, they just don't see that. And, and when you do that, you actually reinforce the image that is there all the time, that, that sales is the men's game and that it's all about the guys doing it. And so it just keeps, it keeps repeating itself. And so, you know, that's kind of why I've been a thorn in people's side and over the last few years, but it, it's just so important and men will benefit when they get the talents of the women in their sales force. I mean, they will benefit because women are really good at sales. 
Yeah, there's no question the diversity of the thought and the diversity. I mean, the fact is, we women look at a customer through a different lens than men do, and we will see different things in the account. We'll, we may see things that are happening that a man won't see. Or I mean, I mean, the strength of the two together. I'm, I'm a firm believer in men and women together make the best decisions and have the best success because we just look at things in a, through a different lens. There's just nothing, nothing you can say about that except we're two different species and we look at things differently. And so when you put them together, you look at the companies that are so successful that have men and women together at the top of their companies. It's, yep. it's been proven over and over and over and over. And um, so I think we need to, how do women bring women in and how do men bring women in? I think it's both, both responsibilities. Guys, this is awesome. I, I love this. I, I think that if men can grab onto awareness and uh, not society. I'm going to take men out of it. I'm going to make this about this is a society. If we can become aware and accept the challenges, then to Jill's point, when people are putting together a conference or they're looking to hire, they'll step back and say, take a look at what they get. Oh my gosh, we're underrepresented. Yeah. And, it doesn't, and it doesn't mean, everybody listen for that person that got that knee jerk. It doesn't mean quotas, please. It means we're going to find an equally capable woman to participate on this with everybody else. It doesn't mean we're going to lower the standards to bring a woman in. And by the way, there are women out there who are above many of the speakers you have. You just haven't gone to find them. So go find them. Make it happen. Yep. All right, Kiki, what time is it, Kiki? We're looking at 11.41. Actually, I'm fast. 11.39. So what does that mean? What time is it, Kiki? <laughs> we are looking at... Cut it out. So uh, Tina's going to Cut it out. Cut it out. My favorite part of the segment, other than my guests, right? This is where I talk about something that we're doing in sales, we're doing that just has to stop. And to just drill this home, here's today's cut it out. If you don't believe you have a bias about something, cut it out, because you do. You got a bias about kids, you got a bias about cities, you got a bias about short people, you got a bias about fat people, you got a bias about blacks, whites, browns, reds, yellows. You got biases, and if you don't admit it, you're kidding yourself. And those biases affect how you move through life. They affect how you engage, they affect how you communicate, they affect how you embrace. And if you're not aware, you're the loser, not the people you affect. So here it is. Start zeroing in on your biases. Get comfortable with them. Be aware of them. Stretch them and change how you think when you become aware of them and stop pretending you don't have them because you do. So if you don't think you got biases, cut it out. You do. Keenan, yes. we, we have one audience question as it relates to like the last question that you guys had. Uh, Lori Richardson on the Twitters at ScoreMoreSales asks, do you think new sales guys lack confidence too? She sees that all the time and wants to hear your thoughts. I'll jump in on that. Um, a couple years ago, I was uh, doing a, a um, workshop for an annual sales meeting, and there were uh, probably 120 people in the audience. And I had a half day with these people, and the, most of the people that were selling for this company were men, young men, between the ages of 22 and 28, and it was often their first or second job, and certainly their first sales job for most of them. And and the day before I spoke, the CEO of the company, it was a growing hot company, said to me, Jill, could you spend the first half hour just talking about 
your first years in sales and how you felt. And, and I hadn't gone back. It had been a while since my first year in sales, and so it took me some time to reflect on what I was thinking my first year in sales and what, you know, what I was struggling with and how I made it through that, that year. But what, I, what happened in my reflection is the word that jumped into my mind the most was fear. I mean, I, I struggled with fear a lot. I quit. A, I was a teacher. I quit a job and moved into a, a commission sales job. And I was afraid that I'd have to go back to teaching, and, and I'd be embarrassed. I, I was afraid I couldn't sell. I didn't know that I had the capabilities. I was afraid when I made my first monthly quota, I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to make it again. If I made my quota for the quarter, it was like, oh, God, I think I just used up all my, my good prospects. I don't think I'll ever be able to sell again. I, you know, can I repeat it? And it took a long time before I realized that I actually did have the skills and it was a repeatable process and it could be successful. So anyway, back to the comments. I got up and I started talking about that. And I talked about the overriding fear that I had. And I gave situation after situation. Now, I'm looking out at this room of guys, primarily guys, at least 80%. And I'm seeing every head in the audience going like this. I don't know if you can see me, but my head is bobbing up and down just like a little, all these young men were scared too. They were all scared too. Nobody's head was going like, oh God, that's how I feel. But every head unconsciously was going just a little up and down. So yes, everybody when they move into sales is scared. It is a fearful profession for anybody to start because there's no job in the whole wide world where your capability is evaluated every single day and you are stack ranked against other people. You go to marketing, you go to HR, you go to legal, you go to manufacturing and you're not ranked against your peers. It's just you're doing your job and you're learning. But in sales, holy cow, always ranked, highly visible. Everybody deals with fear. Absolutely. Great answer. What do you think, Teresa? Yeah, I would say absolutely. I mean, yeah, I you know, I think everyone should be in sales, by the way, at some point in their career. Because <laughs> it's very humbling. And, uh, and, and in some ways, we're all selling all the time anyway, right? No matter what kind of job you have, you're, you're persuading, you're negotiating, you're, you're trying to, you know, get your point across. So, but absolutely is the scariest job because, like Jill said, you are constantly being evaluated. I mean, we had posters up on the wall with your name, you know, ranked down, and you'd not want to be at the bottom, and all the contests, and... I mean, it's a very exposed um, job, really. But I think everyone should try it at some point um, just to see what it's like and to build your own confidence, really. That's what it was for me as a confidence builder. So I have a question for you. I have a question for Teresa. Yeah. Because your book is on the balance myth. This is a huge issue with women. What are your, what's your advice for women on that topic? No, so I would say there is no such thing as balance. Don't search for it. Don't seek it. It doesn't exist in the way that society is defined. So sales is a perfect job where you put your life together and you can integrate and blend your day and your life together as one and you will be much, much happier. And I think sales in particular because you're always out and about, you know, you're either traveling or you're driving or you're you know, going somewhere that can be a very hectic day. And if you're trying to also have a family or have any sort of relationship with somebody or anything going on in your life, it's very challenging because sales is a kind of can be a 24-hour-a-day um, sort of job. So my advice is don't seek that mythical balance, but instead integrate your life, integrate your day, be present where you are, don't wish you were somewhere else and wish that you could do something else. Give it all you've got right when you're there. That is good. You, everybody watch Teresa's TED Talk. It may make you cry. It, it's awesome. 
Uh, all right, the questions are coming in. We have another question, and this is a great question by the Cape House. Um, and actually, this is a friend of mine from high school, so it's good to know people are following me after all these years, right? <laughs> I turned I turned 47 on Tuesday, so I'm an old freaking man. Um, uh, the question is, do you see an evolution in the way women sell? Hmm. Oh, Jill, what do you think about that? <laughs> nice one, Teresa. Hand it back to me. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, yes. I don't know if it's between men and women. I think sales in general has, has yeah. become an evolution. So I don't know if I think it's just for women, actually. I think sales in general have, have changed for men and women. And the approach, like you said, it's not the stereotype anymore. You've got to be hardcore and, you know, be mean and, and very aggressive and competitive. So I think it's changed for both. I don't think it's different just for women. Mike, I, and I would agree with that. I mean, to me, the sales field has changed more in the past five years than it than with all everything, how buyers are changing. I mean, when, when buyers change, we all have to change. And I think that's really part of the game. And so I see everybody having to evolve. Um, I see actually, let me just say this, I see in some of this evolution that, that some of the women's strengths are, are more um, to the forefront. I mean, if you're working with bigger accounts and somebody can manage the relationships better and is, is um, you know, really skilled at understanding people's needs and di directions, isn't trying to sell them fast, but is trying to ensure that the customer has a good experience and a, makes a good decision for their um, business, then I think that women really, their time has come, their skills are really being called on more so because nobody wants to deal with the hard-charging sales guy anymore. I mean, that, that, that person who isn't spending time preparing and analyzing and researching is fast being um, becoming a dinosaur in today's business world. The only thought I had with that too is technology, I think, has changed yes. how a salesperson can work with their customer and, and also has changed the customer's expectations. Oh but my I, goodness. I don't think that's male or female. I just think technology. Um, I mean, the fact is, our customers now expect us to respond pretty quick. You know, if they're sending us something, they want it now, and so that that is really, you know, raised that bar quite a bit. But we can, to Jill's point, you can do better research on your customer now before you get there. All the tools you have available, and um, technology, and what comes behind technology allows us to do that. Right. And I think too, even if you if you just talk about that technology thing too, with the technology, people are much more able to. Um, Communicate like we are today. You don't need to be on the road all the time. A lot, you know, so many of my meetings today are, are via Skype or via WebEx, and and so it's really changed the dynamic of, of having to be gone, and which is a lot of people worry about sales and travel. Uh, it's not the same. I mean, and our customers would oftentimes just in, in, uh, you know prefer to hop on and go to a meeting or to do a, you know something like this or, or Skype or something. That's what they prefer. That's the changes we're seeing. That's a great point. That's a great point. Less stress on people's time. That's a great one. All right, we got another one from Jack Kasikowski. Jack, what's up, brother? He's a good dude. This one is for Jill. Uh, at Jill Conrad, is there a difference in the way men treat you at the enterprise versus the SMB or small business level? Is there a difference between what, Keenan? The way men treat you at, at the enterprise versus the small business layer or level. I think at the enterprise level, they're more used to seeing women in sales because they they are you know so they're used to seeing women in more positions of power and authority. Um, if you go to the SMB market, it's really interesting. In fact, I I just um, 
got an email the other day from, from a guy named Lee Stocking, who is a friend of mine from the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, and he, on his own, did some research on the SMB market and women in sales in senior sales positions versus marketing. Because he found that the SMBs were hesitant in hiring women in sales because they never they don't have the experience of women in powerful positions. And he, his research showed that in the SMBs, like only nine percent of senior exec, senior sales executives are women. And this is in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, and it was a Hoover search that he did, where he compared it to the to the corporate market, where companies over you know bigger you know like a half a billion, and and the the numbers had I think tripled at that point. So is it different when you sign to the corporate market? Yes, because they're used to working with women in powerful positions in all cases. Interesting. Do you think that's a result of awareness when I talked about earlier? Corporations have diversity programs. They yes. bring people in who've been trained in that. SMB don't. They're running by the freaking seat of their pants and they're not aware. Do you think it's the, the value of awareness? Yes, I definitely. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I agree with what Jill's saying, but absolutely, to your point, the, the larger the company, the more they have a department that's focused on this. It's in their objectives, typically, you know, to focus on diversity, and they have well-trained people at their resource to help them with it, which you just don't have, you know, when you're, you, you, you can't afford it, you know, when you're in a, in a smaller company. I'll tell you, it, this, this is one of my biggest pet peeves, and just, just hearing you guys bring it up and talk about it, it just chaps me, because when it comes to issues like this, I hear too often. Oh, this country's too frickin' PC anymore, and, and I'm tired of this diversity discussion, and they don't want to accept it. I want to punch them in the mouth, right? Because it's real. It's not women running around asking for something that they don't deserve, and it's not gays running around attacking Christians. Right? It's none of this bullshit, right? It's people just wanting a chance. And why, pe why do people get so defensive and don't want to acknowledge it and embrace it and fix it. What is this idea? Why do they grind themselves into the ground and not accept it? I'm, I'm going to jump in on this one because I was, uh, I was, Xerox was forced to hire me. And okay. Xerox was my first sales job. Ever. And, um, Thank you, Xerox. Yeah, and, and in order to keep federal contracts, they were forced to hire women and minorities. And I was about five years into the program. So they had hired a lot of women and minorities. Many of them had failed because they didn't know how to find good candidates and they were struggling, but there was a perception in, in Xerox at that time that women couldn't handle technical sales like the men could, I mean like a copier's technical, um, but that was, they were concerned that we wouldn't know how to open the lid and put the piece of paper down and dial that to 26 or we couldn't clear a paper jam. You know, that was the, the big concerns at that time. So the, the perceptions are there, they just couldn't see it, plus we're taking money away from them. I mean, the, the, the real re reality was now I, as a, a young woman, and I started out in sales at 26 at the age, age of zero, so I was taking a, a good job from a guy who was supporting his family. I had a husband, you know, he, <laughs> I, I, it just, it, you know, I was taking from them. So there's a perceived thing that, that then when, when minorities and women move into positions, they are, they are, the pie is now smaller for everybody. That's my that's my perspective. But honest to God, I wouldn't be here today if Xerox hadn't been forced to do it. I wouldn't be able to share my expertise with people, you know, who need it. I wouldn't be able to help the salespeople of the world out there if Xerox hadn't taken a chance. Well, at how, how great! How great is it? You're talking about Xerox. What's the name of the CEO of Xerox? It, uh, I, Ursula? Ur Ursula, Ursula Burns. Not yeah. only is she a girl, she's a sister. I, know. I mean, that's just, yeah, holla. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that, right? So, 
Props to Xerox. She's the second woman CEO that they've had. I mean, so Xerox totally embraced diversity back in the 70s, I mean, when they were forced to. And as a result, you know, a lot of women had a good chance to start their careers there and become, become something. Teresa, you are one removed from being the CEO of a Fortune 200. I mean, holla at you, holla at you, way to go. Yeah, I think it's the same, uh, same I, it, like Jill said, the corporations, you know, went down these paths typically because they wanted government contracts. It was the same thing at U.S. West and Class. You had a certain amount of diversity so you could hold the contract. So I guess you could thank the government for putting that in place in the first, you know, in the beginning. But, but it is, that is how it happened, that it started moving through. And, and the nurturing that occurred, you know, through my 25 years there is what, what um, allowed me you know, to get to that top. But when I was at the top, I was the only one, the only woman still at the top. And it wasn't because there weren't people around. It's that they all had disappeared. Mm -hmm. So all the women had, you know, gone off to something else. They had quit, moved on, started their own company, some, you know, very successful. But at the end of the day, I was alone at the top. Interesting. All right, we got one more question. And this is great. I'm loving this. Um... Question for the ladies. How do you see the impact of video today for leadership and communication? I'm not sure it's a, a gender question, but have at it. Yeah. Just like we said, now you don't have to travel so much. It's, it's fantastic. I, mean, I think customers are happy to get on a quick video chat. You don't have to get on a plane anymore. I think then, therefore, it allows more people to have that flexibility, women in particular, if they're trying to still balance a family and, and kids and all that. They don't have to be on a plane um, every day for the entire week. That's you, mean, you mean integrate family, right? You don't mean balance family trees. Integrate. <laughs> if they're trying to look for that mythical balance, which yeah. doesn't <laughs> exactly. I'm redefining balance. I'm saying it's a different way than we've been taught that it is. Yeah. Uh, so, but I, I think video is fantastic. That's what has allowed this flexibility and um, allows people not have to get on an airplane all the time. Yeah. I, I read a study put out by GoToMeeting a while back. I, I don't know if they did the study or they just received it. I think it was somebody else had done it. But the reality is, is, is video allows us to connect with people and create that personal connection even though our offices are far, far away. And so what it did, it was increasing the close rate on sales, I think, by 37%. 37% higher close rate on selling if you could do a video conference with people. And to me, that was like, wow. Just, you know, comparing just, yeah. just email and phone, but you add in video and you create the relationship and you see them and you know them and you understand them better. It just it, it bonds people. It does. All right, guys, we have come to the end. I, we could do this all freaking day. I love this. Uh, Jill, a parting thought from you. Oh, I, well, let me just say, I think selling like a girl is the best thing in the world that you can do. And, and that, that girls bring a lot of tremendous assets to the sales profession, and they shouldn't see the fact that they're not you know, competitive and at, you know, that they're not the young Turks who go out there and bust balls all the time. I think they should see that what they bring to the table is more than enough. In fact, it's absolutely necessary and critical to success today. Awesome. Thank you. And Teresa, what are your parting thoughts? My parting thought is you can do it. So if you're in sales, stay in it. If you're not, get in it. Bring <laughs> someone along. And together, the strength of the numbers will make this um, successful for everybody. So get into it and stay into it. Brilliant. Thank you, ladies. And Kiki, what are your thoughts? I just said I'm, I'm honored to be a part of this conversation. Um, these are all things that I think, especially like you were saying, the married women, I don't have a family myself yet, but I do know down the road I do want it. 
it's a big concern. Um, traveling, you know, three out of four weeks of, of, of the month. Um, and, and I think this was very powerful in bringing in the video element and just different ways that you can make that balance work or integrate all sides of your life. There you go, Kiki. There you Kiki, go. can I jump in and just say, there are so many sales jobs where you don't have to travel. I mean, let me, there are so many sales jobs where, where you can stay where you're at and you can work in your own metropolitan area. You can use the phone. Inside sales is a booming, booming business now. It's where all the growth is sale, in sales is coming now. And it's all done primarily through phone and through the video. So to think that sales always means travel is not true anymore. It doesn't always mean travel. There's a lot of opportunity right around you. So that's great advice, but Kiki, you're going nowhere, so don't listen to her. You're staying right here with the sales I guy. Know. <laughs> <laughs> so here is what I would like to part with. I like a message for the ladies, and I got a message for the dudes. Ladies, block out the noise. Don't let the noise get to you. All right. Being a brother, I learned that when I was really young. There's going to be haters. Let them hate. Right. Know that the opportunity is truly there. Okay. No one should walk away from this. Uh, webinar and think, oh, we're hating on dudes or it's an awful place. No, there's tons of opportunities. We're talking to a COO and we're talking to a, a best-selling author. So it's there. You just got to accept you got the skills and know as a woman you have inherent skills that men don't have that will allow you to kill it and crush it should you want to. So own it, embrace it, and drive it all the way home. Dudes, look, accept it. We got biases. Own your bias. Ask yourself, how do you perceive women? What are the lens you take women through? And ask yourself, is it an appropriate lens? Do you need to make changes? Can you make it better? Can you get more out of changing that bias? And if you do, go change it. So with that, guys, women rock. Sell like a girl. As Jill said, it's great to sell like a girl. If you can wear a boa, do it too. Ladies, thank you. Thank you very much for being on the show. It was an absolute pleasure. I enjoyed it very much. And I hope this is not the end of the discussion. All right, y'all, so till next time, I'm out. So just chill till the next episode.